the more the more I learn about it, the more I think the impact will be far wider than what most people think. That snippet we opened the podcast with was Dean Croak. He is Principal Industry Analyst at DAT Freight and Analytics, and he was talking about California's AB5 law that restricts the use of owner-operators in the state because of its new restrictions on independent contractors. And we'll have more with Dean in a moment. I'm Deborah Lockridge. I'm Editor-in-Chief at HDT. And for the second month in a row, our top stories for July on our website were dominated by the situation with AB5. So on this episode of HGT Talks Trucking, we're going to have an update, plus we're going to get a little analysis from Dean about the broader impact on freight movement that AB5 could have. But before we get started, make sure you subscribe to HGT Talks Trucking on YouTube or also on your favorite audio podcast platform and follow us on social media. Time is money, and that's why Catscale built the Way My Truck app. Your drivers can complete their entire way without ever leaving the cab. They'll see their weights on their mobile device or tablet, and scale tickets can be automatically emailed to you. With a fleet profile, you can save back office time as well. No driver reimbursements. And you'll have access to report data. Find out more at waymytruck.com. As you probably have heard, California's Assembly Bill 5 looks like it will make the traditional trucking owner-operator model impossible to use in the state. Although AB5 was passed in 2019, it was not being enforced in the trucking industry while a legal challenge was making its way through the courts. At the end of June, the Supreme Court declined to hear the case, which cleared the way for the state to start targeting trucking's use of owner-operators. That decision led to renewed protest at California's ports, where owner-operators make up the vast majority of the drayage fleet, and our coverage of those protests made up four of our top five stories in July. On July 13th, truckers serving the California port gateways of Los Angeles and Long Beach staged a protest. Truck convoys snarled freeway traffic, and they had demonstrations at the ports, holding signs that said no AB5, wearing t-shirts, getting some local media attention. That was followed the next week by protests at the Port of Oakland. And there the demonstrations lasted for a week and brought port operations nearly to a standstill as protesters blocked the gates and dock workers refused to cross the picket lines. According to a report by Project 44, a supply chain visibility platform, the Oakland protests had a clear effect on the traffic coming in and out of the port. The import container wait times rose. There were more container ships waiting at anchor. Uh, The container volume waiting to get into the port tripled, according to Project 44, and they say some ocean carriers decided to skip the port altogether. The result of that was the Port of Oakland filed suit against the AB5 protesters seeking to keep such a situation from happening again. To get a broader picture of how AB5 could play out in broader freight movements, however, I talked to Dean Croak. He's principal analyst for DATIQ, the freight data and analytics operations at DAT, and he thinks it'll be a lot more than the drage business that could be affected by AB5. I think going to be significant for California, but for anybody sending freight to California, because once you cross the border, you're subject to California law. And some of the advice I've seen this week 
and, and Todd Amon from ATBS put this on his website. Well, option four on his list was you can deliver loads in California, but you, you cannot pick up. You're deadhead out of there. So think about the cost of you, you've got to front load your inbound rate into California to factor the outbound deadhead to where. Because not, normally all that volume is coming out of the West Coast. Right. Not not uh, Needles, Arizona on the border, which which if you think the next part of it through, so does this mean we'll have transloading warehouses at Medford on the 5, Reno on the 80, uh, Needles on the 40, Yuma on the 8? Is that, does, and if you think that through, then I could see, you could see a lot of employee, you know, independent contractors running backwards and forwards to the border and then a whole lot of translating happening at the border i mean that's a that's a distinct possibility it's hadn't thought of that one but yeah i mean you could see it really change the whole uh, environment there as to how things are, are getting in and out of the state and i'm sure some owner operators would just be like i'm not even going to go to california um you know okay. that would Absolutely. A lot do because of the carb requirements already. Right. Um, so I think that's something that I could see happening because that will add a substantial amount of cost because it's not just deadheading back to the border. You know, you've got to deadhead a long way further inland before you get to major freight markets. Right. You know, but you're talking about Phoenix and, you know, Denver before you hit some of the big spots. So that's one thing that I'm watching because... I don't know how a carrier could make money going into California and then deadheading out. It just just doesn't make economic sense to me. But the bottom line is that capacity in California is going to take a hit. All, I mean, all capacity, not just dray capacity, but just truckload capacity in general, especially that longer distance freight, because carriers um, are going to be you know leery about going there. Um, they're going to accept fewer loads into those markets, into that market. Um, and, and I think they'll have trouble getting long-haul capacity out of there. Tell me a little bit about kind of what kind of data DAT tracks that helps you kind of figure out the impact of AB5. Yeah. So we look at all of our load post volumes on our load board. So we see, uh, let me tell you what we saw last week. We're seeing... Um, I'll keep quoting the number here. In terms of load post volumes, we are seeing. So these are load posts on our load boards by brokers. Um, our brokers are posting something like 2.7 million loads last week on our load boards, and and each of those has has an origin destination and a pickup point and uh, pickup time and uh, you know location. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at inbound loads into California. Because one of the first things that's going to happen is the volume of loads being posted into the state of California will start to decrease over time. Um, you'll see the, the load will be posted for Chicago to Arizona if there's a transloading facility at Needles, Arizona, right? Right. So the actual destination, the origin destination pairing will be Chicago, uh, Arizona, and then there'll be another load on a load board for within California, for example. So we'll, I, will, I will see a decrease. Those load post volumes are already down about 25% in the last month into California. Now, that could be seasonal patterns. I don't know, but it's eerily 
coincidental with when the Supreme Court decided not to uh, uh, not to review the case. So it could be coincidence or it could be a factor in why load posts are decreasing. So uh, load post volumes. The other thing we look at is outbound rates because outbound rates presumably once capacity tightens will start to increase. Now it's hard to break out AB5 specifically because there's lots of other seasonal things going on with imports, ch chassis shortages, uh, warehouses are choked and full, intermodals metering their outbound loads for BN and US BNSF and UP. So what we're seeing for outbound loads on uh, intermodal lanes is they're increasing, right? So because as intermodal capacity tightens because of their challenges, shippers flip that volume to truckload. So right, instead of the, the rails are having such such problems right now. So I look at outbound rates and inbound rates. So that tell, I look at our, you know, we've got uh, 65,000 uh, lanes that we look at every week. Um, our contribution total is about one point, sorry, it's about 125 billion in freight spend. And that's about a 70-30 split between spot and contract rates. So most of it's spot and most of the contributions come in from our broker community, but we do get... Uh, rate contributions in every night from shippers, brokers and carriers. So inbound outbound rates is a really good measure of how tight capacity is at a lane level. Mm -hmm. But when I pull pull back out and look at the state level, if I look at just state rates, um, capacity in California has been loosening for the last month. It's only dropped four cents a mile for all outbound loads. So it's like the average today is 224 for all lanes out of California, all long haul lanes outside of the state. That's 224 excluding fuel. Mm -hmm. And, um, but a month ago it was 228. But that's because capacity is loosening overall in that market, largely because we've had so much capacity enter the market and volumes have started to decrease in Q3, which again is seasonally normal. So I'm not reading too much into it. But what I would look at is that outbound average rate over time would start to go up as capacity tightens as it exits the market, whether carriers, you know, domicile somewhere else outside or brokers and carriers stop um, sending as many trucks into that market. Or you see this, um, you know, translating warehouse uh, business opportunity pop up for people. That's all we have time for on this episode of HTT Talks Trucking, but I'll have more insights from my conversation with Dean on truckinginfo.com. Again, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and thanks for tuning in.